Well, what Dan shared about kind of really fits in what we're going to be talking about here this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our series called Reunion. And I'm excited about this series because, you know, we're in this season, you know, you know, it is kind of like, you know, it's graduation season, but there's also like, there's also like reunion season, right? We're having like class reunions and family reunions and, and we're really going to have some reunions coming up here in bed. I want to encourage you in these next couple of weeks, you know, next weekend is Father's Day. So dads, I hope you can be here with us and those who are watching that, that you can connect. If you come here in person, we got a little gift, a little sweet treat for you for that. And then the following weekend, I'm so excited to have our very own Shane Sheraton will be leading us in worship. And so Shane will be back here with us. And so that's kind of reunion and then I can say Logan actually tipped his hat a little bit to that but on July 4th we're making plans to have a, a, a united gathering with our with our church that we were able to plan in Blaine CTK Blaine and so we're going to have a service together it's going to be outdoors and there's more details coming with that so it's kind of a we're kind of in this reunion season but what we find is as things are opening up even a little bit more we're kind of finding we're connecting as human beings, <laughs> we're uniting together. And, and you, you think about how much our world, this last year, we've been isolated, we've been sectioned off in different, different ways. And even now, people are still kind of figuring out, you know, should I come back? Who do I interact with? And we're just we're just in a transition period of time. In fact, if you're if you're watching online, you're you're still trying to work things out. You're you're deciding on vaccinations and 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 all different things are going on. And even for your your family and your children, and there's there's a lot of decisions that are, that are being made with this. And I want to encourage you. I we hope. We, we hope you can come back and be here with us and, and come in person. I, I, there's something special to be in the same room together. But I'm glad whether you're watching at Facebook or YouTube or even throughout the week, there is a connection that we can have. But but human-to-human -human connection is so important to be united together because we've lived in a very divided world. And and it's, it's felt like a very divided nation. And in, in a divided nation, man, if there's ever need to be a united church, is now, right? This is the opportunity. But this morning, as we move into this continual series on unity, we're actually going to talk a bit about diversity in that unity. And uh, I want to jump into some thoughts on that this morning. If you're a you got your, your program here in person. You can, you can turn to some notes that we have that you can follow along. And as I said before last week, is it's nice to write things down because, well, we forget. You know, you only grasp about 20% of what you're listening to. So there's some pen and some paper there. You can write some, some thoughts down. But we're coming together. We're reunited together. I want to remind us as we do and more of us are coming in the same room together. It's not that we're just moving from being a church watcher to a church attender. I hope in this last year in this pandemic that we've learned this most obvious thing God has been saying to us. And there's a lot of things God's been saying to us through that. I hope you've been listening. One of those is this. The church is not a just a place. It's a people. That when we unite back together, it's not just coming back and filling a seat again or filling a screen that we're watching. We're called to engage together as the church is called the body of Christ. That's not a passive, I'm just attending, I'm just kind of checking things out. We're called to engage about being a part of his church, the body of Christ. And, and so, uh, of course, if 
with any body, there has to be a head. The scripture tells us this in Colossians. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. And so it's in everything he might have the supremacy. I, I love the fact of knowing, even though I, 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 I take the role I have as lead pastor of this church at North Bay, I'm glad that Jesus ultimately is the senior pastor and CEO of the church. Are you happy for that? Aren't you glad that I'm not totally in charge or any human being on this earth in charge? Jesus is in charge of his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not come against it. Persecution, pandemics, whatever it might be, that we're still here and he's still the head, but we're called to be the body. And you ever, you ever thought about why the body you know, there's a lot of things, you know, that the church is a team, the church is an army. There's a lot of different metaphors, but one of the prominent descriptions of the church is the body of Christ. But why, why the body? Well, I would say this is our bodies are pretty amazing. All right, the, the human body is wonderful. I, Psalms tells us this, that he says, it says, I praise you because you made me in an amazing, wonderful way. What you've done is wonderful, okay? You are, you are wonderful people, okay? You're this wonderful body. You think about 10 trillion cells all working together in your body with various systems that you have going all at the same time. Think about this. Right now, you could be thinking and hearing what I'm saying. You also could be chewing gum. You also could be like breathing and your heart rate be going and you don't have to worry about, oh, should I take a, a breath? Do I, do I need to get my heart going? No, you don't have to think about the thing. Goodness, right? Like some of us are multitasking. That would be too many things going at once. God has wired us in such a way, in a, in a beautiful way. It's pretty amazing. You are a wonder. Can you turn to the person next to you and just say, you are a wonder. You are a wonder. If you're married, your spouse needed to hear you say that today, okay? A friend here, you are, anyway, it's, it's silly we do that, but it's so important to recognize that we, we really are. We are a wonder-walking group of people. And, and I think the other thing that's so obvious about being the body of Christ and that, 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 that Jesus chose to use those terms as the body is, well, we're really familiar with our body, aren't we? It's with this 20, unless you've had a, you know, an outer body experience, <laughs> you, you, your body is with you all the time. And, and so we're used to, now the, when the body is working really well, boy, it, things are going good. But when the body's not, right, we, we you know, just, just trip and fall, right? All things happen, like you're, you know, what caused you to trip? Well, you're not, your brain wasn't thinking about what's going on, and your foot tripped. Of course, the foot gets the blame because it sends the signal up, like the rest of the body going, foot, what the heck are you doing? You know, why did you trip? And, and it sends signals and nerves and, and, you know, and there's pain involved, and you, you know, you, there, our bodies when it's not going well, it can cause a lot, of, a lot of challenges for this, for our lives. And, and so individually, that's true when our body's healthy and functioning, but also collectively as the church. When the body is working together, man, nothing can stop it. But there's diversity, as we're going to talk about, the, the different parts of our body that, that Scripture describes us that we're going to look at here in a moment. But what I love when I read the Bible, I find that there's some, there's some outline, there is, there is some description describing a, a really what a healthy body looks like and functions. Really the ideal. I love how in the very infancy of the church, 
where it's described in Acts 2, 43 to 47. This is, the, this is when the body is coordinating optimum capacity. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and, and to the fellowship and the breaking the bread and the prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs and performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And this is what it says, And the Lord added to the number, daily those are being saved. Every time I read that, I get energized. Every time I, get, I read that, I, I just think, oh man, this is so good to be a part of a church like that. And it's epitome of oneness. It's epitome of unity. And we, when we read that, many of us go, oh, I wish we could go back to the early church. I wish we could go back to the good old days and the way it was. It was so amazing. Well, I hate to burst your bubble. That is the ideal but if you read through the rest of the New Testament, specifically what the Apostle Paul writes to the church, it wasn't the ideal. <laughs> if you look back in the early writings here, what we find is there was a lot of issues, there's a lot of problems. Now, don't get me wrong, there's miracles and people expressed love and people found Jesus, but these early church leaders quickly had to address the fact that people coming together is wonderful and glorious, but it's sure a mess. People that, that yes, came to faith in Jesus, but there's still a lot of work. We are a walking wonder, but how many know we're a piece of work? Okay? in process and, and specifically Paul writes to the church of Corinth and I want to look at 1 Corinthians we're going to look at a particular passage how we're part of the body here in a moment you might be familiar with but if you read the first 11 chapters of 1 Corinthians you find something interesting is that it isn't the ideal church probably not even close to being that case case in point 1 Corinthians Paul says this in chapter 1. He says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all you should agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and heart. Paul's saying, wouldn't that be great? That would be really great if you guys could all get along and have the same mind and same thoughts. That would be awesome. But then he spends the next 11 chapters sorting things out, calling them out on issues left and right. If you do a glance through chapter, even chapter 1, where he calls out the immaturity that many of them are following kind of like celebrity church leaders. We thought YouTube did that, and people today, and people on TV, and big crowds, and mega churches and stuff. No, back then, people were following leaders that way. He says, some of you follow apostles, and others follow Cyphus, and, and all, you know, I, some of you follow me, and all that. He goes, no, we need to be following Christ. Don't be looking at a celebrity. In your immaturity, it's bringing division. He's, in chapters two and, two and three, you read that and you're going, oh, it's a gong show what's going on in this church. I mean, there's a massive division over an immoral situation that made Jerry Springer blush. It's pretty bad. There was a stepson having an affair with a stepmother. Was like, and, and, and Paul's like, 
and you're okay with this? You're boasting about it? I mean, that's what's going on. He calls out Christians suing each other in, in chapter five. That's not good to do. Huge issues of sexual immorality in chapter six. Chapter seven, he's dicey issues of marriage and divorce. Chapter eight, it's, it's about these people found new freedom. They don't have to follow all these, these laws, these rituals of, of practices of eating and, and Jewish laws and everything. He goes, yeah, actually, it's causing other people to stumble in their weaker faith. You you're get to you know, prompt your own freedoms, but you're actually causing your brothers and sisters to stumble all this is going on and then and on top of chapter jump to chapter 11 he he they're having communion together but they're 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 gluttons and drunkards he calls them they're, they're eating all the bread and they're drinking all the wine and they're getting drunk on communion wine it's like that's going on in the church and then in chapter 12 here he says it here's here's the epitome he says now you are the body of christ and each one of you are a part of that Man, if I was outside the church of Corinth and reading like this first 11 chapters, these people are messed up. There's some weirdness going on here. Like, I don't know if I want to be a part of that, right? Why would I want to be a part of that? And he goes, guess what? You're a part of it. We're all one big happy family together and all that. And I think it just speaks to us. I hope it speaks to you is there's no perfect person and that, that can be a part and there's no perfect church. The, the, you can come in these doors, and, and as soon as you come in here, it's not perfect any longer, by the way, okay? As soon as I walk in the door, it's not perfect. And that's the power of the gospel is it, that, that the imperfect people can be part of Christ's body because what Jesus did on the cross, that providing the grace that we need for not only salvation for our souls, but to help us unite together going, we're all kind of a bit of a mess. We're, we're yeah, we're a walking wonder, but we're a piece of work. There's a, there's a lot of work that needs, still need to happen. But he says on all this, he invites us to this. Paul says, in fact, you're the body of Christ in each part is a part, each of you are a part of it. Now, I love how Paul expresses this. It leads up to the significance of unity, and specifically, we we're going to talk about diversity. And I'm going to read this, and as I read that, we're going to come to the word one in this passage, and I want you to participate with me. This is the part where you can actually engage in God's word by saying the word one. So if you're here in person, or if you're online, if you're by yourself on the couch, and it's not weird because no one hears you, okay? Just say it from where you're at as, as, you, as I read this this morning. You with me here? Let's, let's do that together. Here it comes. Remember, say the word one. Just as the body, though, has many parts, but all its many parts form body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by spirit so as to form body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of part, but many. Do you get it? <laughs> it's pretty obvious. One. Though we are one, we are made up of many. You think about this. God, though one, he's one God. We are monotheistic. What is he? He's God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You and I, you and who you are, you are triune as well. You're not God, but you're body, soul, and spirit. And the same way collectively, there's many parts but we are made up to be one, the body of Christ. I tell you, when the, when the body's functioning, it's working well and everything's going, oh, it's great. But when it's not and it's divided and going, oh, it's, there's a, it can really truly 
be a mess. The strength, the health, and the people coming together in unity brings us to this greater purpose of why we come together. In fact, the, the fundamental thing I believe this is kind of today's reunion reality is this, the strength of our unity is found in our diversity. The strength of our unity is actually found in our diversity. Now, the word diversity in these recent years has, has really kind of changed a little bit. And the connotation for some even, you're, you're here and you're watching, you're like, oh, that's, there's a negativity to that. Because those, yes, there's some that started out with pure motive to help with injustice and fight for equality is so, so important. But others have leveraged that word and actually have have made it political. They've made it about donors and def- demographics. They've made it about getting, this, getting enough quota for a certain company of having that. And so the, 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 there's a devaluing actually of individuals rather than really seeing people for who they are. And we need to recognize and remember that, that God is in diversity. God loves diversity. It's his very heart. Last week, we spent time just going back to creation account where he created us as in his image, both male and female. Diversity already happened even that point, but unified together. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were one flesh, oneness with God and oneness with one another, but they had specific roles in, in gender. And we look and we know this beyond just male and female. There's, there's this beautiful colors and shades and ethnicities and origins of people. God loves variety. I don't know about you. I love variety. I don't like to eat the same food every day. I don't like to wear the same clothes every day. Um, I heard there's like, there used to be like 31 flavors of ice cream. Maybe there's more, right? We like variety. God loves variety. God loves it. But sin, what it's done is made variety, has made diversity actually um, brought division. And it's through Christ, his reconciliation they did for the cross for us with the Lord that we find oneness, but reconciliation with one another, that, that what happens is that in our diversity, actually we can find true unity. I tell you, if there was ever a need for the, a group of people to celebrate diversity is the body of Christ. The uniqueness of each one of us. Not just how we look, but really where we came from. I, I didn't really understand this until recent times, is that growing up to combat racism in my generation was, was that you were to be colorblind that you weren't worried about what people look like. And I literally, I think growing up, I really thought that way. I, I just, I like, I'm not a racist. I'm, I'm loving everybody. I know it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter any of that, how to do it. But, but what I didn't understand is that it, it is part of someone's story, especially people of color, that that does make a difference. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, it's a color of skin, but what, what comes with it is their background with it and what they've gone through. And what they experience being a person of color. As, as much as we need to look at people's not color, but their, their conduct and character, we also need to understand people of color that, that we understand their story. And many, many, many of them have a story of struggle, a story where they face racism. So it's, it's been new to me to understand that a little bit, that I actually need to not just be silent about it, but I need to, I need to speak up about it. And that's something I've learned this last year. But it all fits into who God is and who the church is, that we are to celebrate diversity. We are to look at each person, not as a demographic, but we need to look at ourselves as individuals and that each one of us, 
no matter who you are, you have a story and you have an origin and it really truly does matter. God has given us uniqueness that make us and that's what make our uniqueness makes the church strong. Not in sameness, but in diversity. It's the unity of God that brings us together to make a difference, but it's, Paul emphasized our strength is found specifically in diversity. I love how he actually personifies of the human body parts. Okay, The body of Christ is a common illustration of the church, and then he talks about the various body parts, and he gives them all almost like vocal cords. When you read this, it, this is what he says. He says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. If it would not for the reason, stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't need to belong to the body. It would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. Like you're gonna lose your significance and importance if you're not connected with. An eye out there doesn't do anything. It's connected. Uh, that's an obvious thing. It's a whole, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, do you just picture a one big ear of a person? I always think of that. Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, each one of them, just as he wanted them to be. In your notes here, you got a few fill-ins this morning. I think they're helpful to think about this and really emphasizes the significance of who we are as uniquely created by God, shaped in who we are, that we are important a part of this. So unity through diversity, first thing is this, you, your unique part is an exact fit and must function in order to bring effectiveness to the greater good. Your unique part is an exact fit and must function in order to bring effectiveness for the greater good. You and I are the body of Christ and we have a specific role in that. When, and, and you know this, you're, you're a unique person, right? You know that, right? You, you, you might look like your relatives, and you might, you, you, might, you know, like look, maybe you've maybe you're tw- you got a twin out there, and, and you look very similar, and people can't tell the difference between you, but you're uniquely you. You have different DNA. You know, when God, you know, you heard that before. I don't know if this is a compliment when someone said to you, you know, when God created it, he broke the mold. Like, is that... What is that? Is that a compliment? I don't know if that is. I think it is. It's that God loves uniqueness. And, and, and not only just how we were created in, in, our, in our bodies and our personalities and all that, but our experiences and our environmental conditions, our personal choices, things that happen to us make up who we are at this present moment. And so what, that, though we, we, we are different, that doesn't make us weird. Okay? What happens is along the times, what we think is supposed to be normal, anything outside of this is different or even classified as weird. And you might have grown up being different, being in a sense that you didn't fit into the, to the mold where people have. It might have been a physical or mental or emotional condition that you've, you have or gone through, you're born with. It might have been things that happened to you. You might have been mistreated or abused or traumatized or neglected, felt alien. I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened to us. Along the lines, when people said, oh, you're wanted and needed, you're kind of going, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I've experienced enough rejecting. Thank you very much. But yet, Paul is emphasizing, no, no, no. All that you've gone through and everything you have, who you are is so important. There's an actual fit. There's a function you have in the body. If everybody was an eye, it would it'd all be the same. It wouldn't function. Right. Each part of the body very, very is important. So I want to encourage you, you know, who, ask yourself, who are you listening to when you don't feel like you're wanted or needed? 
Is it the past hurts that people are supposed to love you? You know, is it the bully in the gym class? Is it the ex-wife or husband? Or is it the lousy boss? Somehow you listened or forgot to listen to the one who created you. Now, I want you to listen to the author and creator of you. When you kind of look in the mirror and you're going, I, I, don't, I, don't, I'm not, I don't have any significance. I'm not, I'm not wanted or needed. This is what the Bible says. Who are you, O man of God? To talk, man, O talk back to God. Shall what is form say to him what is, who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common purposes? We got to remind us that God created us with divine purpose as followers of him to be a part. When we look in our mirror and we see ourselves less, we are saying God is less. We insult our creator. It's just no different than you go around and you, you painted a beautiful painting and, and go around and someone comes along and goes, ooh, not good. You're going to in, be insulted. If you made a beautiful meal and you spent a lot of work and time, and I mean, you presented it pretty well, and, and you, hey, how do you like it? And you say, ah, someone else says, ah, it'll do. <laughs> I did that with my mom growing up. She's, oh, I didn't, have, I didn't have meals for the next few days, right? We're not appreciated. God's the same way. We have a function. We function a certain way. I mean, you think about even your own body. It's raining today. Aren't you glad that God didn't have your nostrils point up to the sky and not down? Now, don't label me weird. That they think that kind of thing. But God knew what he was doing. He did the same thing for you. You fit. You are a part of this. And I love how scripture describes that Paul says in before chapter 12 and after in chapter 12, he talks about that we have various gifts. You're going, I'm not gifted. No, you've got gifts, spiritual gifts, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous. There's a, there's a ton of listing of spiritual gifts. In fact, you're going, I, I didn't know that. I, didn't even, I don't know my spiritual gifts. Why well, offer a, a shape workshop? And, and if you want to learn your spiritual gifts, let me know. It's on demand, meaning like, if you demand me to give it to you, I will. But if you don't, you don't. I'm not going to, but I'd love to be able to do that with you. Let me know because it, it's helpful. But I would encourage you as you're trying finding your fit, it's not just knowing your gifts, but just trying out you think the gifts that you have. You and I have gifts. And I want to encourage you, as Dan mentioned, some opportunities. You talk with them afterwards of how you can involve and cap in serving people in the community. But I, you might go, like, I'm not sure what I'm really good at. Well, you have to kind of practice those things. But I bet you have skills and things and gifts that God wants to really truly use. If you're, if you're one engaged, we say every week to get involved in serving in this community. We actually have in our connection card a place that says where you mark, it says, I want, I would like to volunteer serve in a, and then it's a specific area you know. If you put question mark, that's okay. We'd just love to have a conversation with you, how you can serve in hospitality or serving kids and youth or parking or, or coffee Wait, we don't have coffee, do we? I, I think we need to bring coffee back. How many want coffee back? Come on, bring coffee back. We want coffee. If, 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 if Costco's offering samples now again, we want coffee. But who's going to make the coffee? Yeah, right? Stacy knows this. Who's going to step up and do that? So you want coffee? Help make coffee. You want to see a full band back? Help us get some musicians. You're like, all I do is play kazoo. Chris... 
bring it on. We could have a kazoo up here, you know? That's awesome. We could do that, right? But we have these gifts to engage in using them. You don't know what you have until you use it. So there's a physical connection card. You can mark off, drop it off. Again, I don't know. I just want to get involved. Just do that online. You can do that through our stream and tabs that are there available on our, our website. Just mark, hit the word serve, and there's a little thing you could fill out. All that to say is we were shaped to serve. I love what Paul says of that, of the various gifts. They're all important. He says this, if all were one, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. That sounds silly, these body parts talking to each other, but it comes with significance. And, it, and this I would say to you is this. You need to realize, you and I, we're not an extra, but critically needed for the health and longevity. You have a unique role, but your role is truly, truly needed. You're thinking, oh, they got people doing that. No, they don't have you doing that. You are unique. You, and sometimes I think, oh, I'm just kind of an appendage. I'm not, no, no. It's my, my, my father-in-law 20 years ago, he's passed away a few years ago, but uh, he had to get his, his big toe. He had injured it at work. He couldn't heal, and they ended up having to get his, his toe, his big toe amputated. You're thinking, oh, it's just one little toe. You got nine others, right? No, he'd have learned to rewalk again. In fact, actually, for the rest of his life, he struggled a bit with balance because that big toe is a big deal. That, that, and you're thinking, oh, I'm just a little big toe in the body of Christ. No one needs it. No, we need you to help us walk, to help us, to help us find balance and health in our lives. All of us have a role, and it's so, so important. Your uniqueness in who you are is where we find strength. Well, I, I've been always kind of different. Yeah, different difference good now different can be shaped toward the greater good it's not just be different for different sake and your own needs but for what god wants and what god wants to use and i know we've gone through a lot you maybe you're born a certain way or you have an illness or accident that, that, that where you're going through maybe you've gone through emotional trauma that triggers you i love the phrase over the years it says that god never wastes a hurt your pain and things you've gone through really really are so so significant about who you are. Last week we talked about out of our moving out of our insecure identity to Christ's identity. Jesus says, "No, you're very very important. You're part you're important to me. You're important to my body to be helpful, useful, and effective." In fact, Paul states it this way. He says, "On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable and the parts we think are less honorable we treat with special honor and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while all our presentable parts need no specific treatment but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lack it what he's saying here is some do get prominent place some have a stage and a platform and a microphone some of them don't and some of them are designed not to be okay we don't need everybody a talking head in the front the church is made up of many i, I love this week someone was one of our volunteers expressing how they just love serving in our landscape and they're doing work outside and and it was just great to hear i love they're like i love my church i can use my gifts and like that's exactly what we're about that that though it's might not mentioned over here and they quote they're considered weaker actually paul's saying no no it's stronger it's showing like yeah you you might have beautiful hands but guess what you probably have beautiful lungs you just can't see them but those lungs are very important right to keep your body 
pumping, pumping air through them. We all have a role. It's in, our, it's in our diversity that we find strength. But what happens along the lines is we've had these messages sent to us in our broken world that we live in that we feel, we feel limited or less. Let me challenge you lastly with this. You can write this saying, your disability is not to be your excuse, but to be your story. Your disability, your limitation can't be your excuse any longer. You, you, people do this. Well, I'm too young. Did you used to do that? I'm too young. And then all of a sudden you realize, you go, oh, I'm too old. Like what happened from too young to too old? How's it? I, I've got this issue or I got this going on or this problem. And we make excuses over and over and over, but then you watch Netflix for three hours a day. You, you do things with your life. You're on, you're, you spend your time differently as well. I'm not, I'm busy. I've got this. And we use all these limitations, our time, our, our physical issues. We're not that smart enough. We use all these excuses. And again, I want to be sympathetic. In fact, you do have some disabilities. There's some challenges you have that are there. But is that going to be your excuse or could it be your story? Is Paul saying, you've got these weaker things. Can we take the weaker things to show how God, how, how God is so strong in your life? How Jesus is, he says, in your weakness, I can be strong. I can reveal myself and my glory who I am. And I love that. I love our uniqueness. It can bring strength in, because of our diversity, that who we are. I invite our team to come I want to share a story. It, it kind of comes around the graduation season when I think of this old one I've heard many years ago. It was actually published in Boulder, Colorado's paper uh, a long time ago. And it was during kind of like celebrating graduates. And it was this article on a young woman named Bridget Donahue. And this is what it says about Bridget. She was born three months premature, weighed two pounds, and lived in an incubator the first three months of her life. She was abnormal infant. At two, she could not walk, talk, or crawl. In IQ tests, she could not put the round pegs in the round holes, put them in the square holes. Her, fut her future, her doctor said, was that she would be bedridden for the rest of her life, have a mental capacity of a seven-year-old. But then, Bridget says, one day, not long after that, I just stood up in my playpen. The doctors were shocked. I, I was talking nonstop and burning the tread off my little orthopedic shoes. I was severely sway-backed and pigeon-toed in kindergarten. I had to wear clumsy leg braces that cover my ankles, knees, and hips. I also had to wear two brown, cloggy shoes attached by steel. I had several operations on my twisted body and two surgeries on my eyes. I was severely cross-eyed, wore glasses thick as the bottom of a pop bottle. And this, I love what she says. She says, I may be wrong, but I think God made, me out, God made me out of spare parts. Sometimes I get the feeling that my body just doesn't fit the way I really am. I think the hard times I've endured are what make me unique. And I should work on being the best me that I can be. I figured God doesn't give everyone the best scoop of ice cream but you have to eat what is yours before it melts into something that only might have been enjoyed. And then under that, here's this graduating senior. Her accomplishments was a cheerleader, a soccer goalie, a softball pitcher, a straight-A student, and a valedictorian of her class. What's your excuse? What's my excuse? God wants to take our, our, what we consider limitations. 
He wants to bring his glory through who he is through, through our lives. We are unique. God has created us and shaped us. And in North Bay, it's not time to wait till we got everything lined up and everything that's, that's put in place. No, that day will never come. Guess what? Our scoop of ice cream, how big or small, whatever flavor you have, what matters is you do something with it now before it all goes away. You and I have that opportunity today, not tomorrow, not next week, but today. If you're serving in, in a ministry and you're involved in the community and you're just doing, you're in your lane, you're doing it, and you're going, I don't know if there's anything else. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. But if you're at a place at a crossroads going, okay, things are changing now. What am I going to do with my life? We'd love to have a conversation with you. And I would say this as we go to prayer. I want to, I want to leave you with this, what Paul says. He's to celebrate diversity. This is what he says for you. And he says, so then there'd be no division in the body. So we, this is when we all come together, when we use our diverse gifts together, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Here it is. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. You and I are part. You are needed. You're wanted because not only Jesus says you are, but we say you are. We need you. I need you. And so here, as we go to prayer, let me, let me just encourage you with this. Ask this question. What is Jesus saying for you to do to bring greater unity to his body? This week, some spiritual exercises you can do. One is engage someone in a conversation that's completely different than you. Find someone who is at work, and don't make it weird, like you're a different color. We're gonna have a conversation. That's weird, that's, don't do that. Just engage people of a different background, maybe a different gender. You know, what's it like to be a woman? Like, that's weird. Don't say it. But I'm just saying, look for opportunities to talk. Just have conversation about their day, what they're into. Learn about other people. And you get to know their story and their struggle. People outside of your little circle. Secondly, I would say this, is look for opportunities to tell your story. Hey, where, how long have you been? Allow yourself, don't dominate it all, but allow yourself just to have, share a little bit of you because if you're a follower of Jesus, a little bit of you is actually a whole lot of Jesus that you share with other people. And then finally, take a step to serve this week. Take a step. Whatever it is, today we give you opportunities to do that and respond. This week, try to take that next step. Say, Lord, where are you leading me in this season? So I invite you to pray as we close here today. God, that's a lot. That's a lot to process. And, and yet, I hope that people, ultimately, when they leave this place, that they will feel more important, more wanted, more needed, more accepted, more realizing of their potential and who they are, uniquely who they are, for you and for your church, the body of Christ. That they would leave encouraged and leave with a step of an engagement that they would take, Lord. So bless everyone as they process, Lord, where do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? What does that look like? Give us clarity as we do that. But oh Lord, I pray we would celebrate our diversity this week. We would celebrate and, and, and learn from one another and hear each other's stories and, 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 and stop passing any prejudgment on anyone or anything because they, they might seem different, but you love different. You love different 
do you redeem different to bring your church together to be united like it's never been united before and we pray that over north bay christ the king that we will be united in such a way like never before but not just united for our own purposes but united as people with a purpose your mission that you've given us god Thank you for CAP. Thank you for the Community Assistance Program. And just bless Dan and his team and many involved that we can partner and serve your community and all the different gifts and all the different ways to express it. We thank you, Lord. And bless those here today that are still searching your faith. Lord, uh, they, they want, they don't even know they're in the body of Christ because Jesus, you're not the head of their life. And I pray that they would invite you to be the head, the Lord of their life that they're included and they're wanted for what you want to do and what you want to accomplish in them and through them for the purpose of their life. We pray this in Jesus' name.